0: Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside, three ball, bam, onions, baby onions, Zach Levine in the ball. Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three, the rookie. What a show! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you through our 670 scores scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls outsider show. Now he's doing locked on bulls. There he is, human floor burn. Oh, don't mess with the boots. But why's this crossover? spur to free legos. <laughs> <This is cool. laughs> oh my goodness. that is. So kick back. I'm not relaxed. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, not, you can just see the vibe. And these guys are mad. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck.
1: I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls. Part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm Matt Peck, also a host of Bulls Outcast on the Hot Mic app. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. You can follow us at Lock on Bulls. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Hope all y'all had a great weekend. I am still a traveling man in the world of. COVID vaccinations and air travel being opened up again. I'm currently coming to you from an adorable little log cabin in Freeville, New York, upstate, after a fun weekend in NYC. And I have my makeshift audio set up that I brought with me on my travels. So apologies if today's audio sounds a little bit different. But hey, I couldn't pass up a chance to spend some time in the country. Hope all of you are well. we got a lot to catch up with today. We'll check in on these NBA... Conference semifinal series going on, a big game five ahead tonight, and some devastating news for the Bulls over the weekend as their second year guard Kobe White in basketball pickup game away from team activities suffers a significant shoulder injury that required surgery. That surgery happened, was successful by team physician Brian Cole, and he will be reevaluated in four months. Devastating timeline for the Bulls, promising young guard. So we'll look at what exactly that means for the Bulls' offseason. The front office looking to make some moves to the roster. Will that injury affect them? And who might be some of the names that they could target to supplement the roster as they deal with Kobe White's injury? First, though, on deck, as I said, NBA playoffs in full swing. And other than the Denver Nuggets bowing out, getting swept by Phoenix in that series, all of these other series have turned into really fascinating matchups. We have several series knotted at two games apiece. The Hawks with a close, narrow win over the Sixers to tie that series two to two. The Clippers coming back from an 0-2 hole against Utah. That series is tied two to two. And perhaps most interestingly, over in the Eastern Conference, Bucks and Nets in their huge game to blowout. It looked like the Nets were going to cruise their way to the Eastern Conference Finals, but the Bucs said not so fast. The Nets now also dealing with a hobbled Kyrie Irving left the game with a bad ankle. But the good news for them is it sounds like as early as tonight's big game five, pivotal game five in a 2 2 series, they could be getting James Harden back as he has been on the shelf for weeks now with that badly pulled hamstring. So, on a recent podcast last week, I was talking to you guys about how a lot of complaints were happening about these second round matchups. They're not going to be interesting. They don't have the league's biggest stars no LeBron, no Steph Curry and I said, what are you all complaining about? Plenty of star power, plenty of interesting matchups, and despite a four-game sweep by the Phoenix Suns, which in itself was fascinating to watch, and the Suns deserve all the credit in the world for doing so, here we have three other series of the Final Four series tied at two games apiece. The, The Paul George Redemption Tour, Kawhi, telling all of us that he is still one of the most dominant players, especially come playoff time, in the NBA. Trey Young, one of the biggest, shining, rising stars in this league, with big performances, including a road win against the heavily favored Sixers. Joel Embiid fighting off yet another nagging injury. The MVP runner-up trying to finally lead his team to their first conference finals appearance. Storylines everywhere you look. So if you aren't entertained by all of this right now, I honestly can't help you. And and I would call you not a true NBA fan because man, these have been some entertaining series. But even though it was the one that started and ended most quickly. I, I got to spend just a couple of minutes talking about this Phoenix Denver sweep. First of all, Nicole Jokic's season as the MVP. The lowest drafted MVP ever in NBA history, 41st selection, second round selection. None, none of that should be tarnished by the fact that his team just got bounced in the second round. A lot of people, when his star teammate, Jamal Murray, went down with a season-ending injury with a month left in the regular season, thought that they were dead in the water when they would arrive in the playoffs. They got out of the first round fairly convincingly. And yeah, they fell apart, and they came into a Suns team that was a buzzsaw. Devin Booker is playing like a superstar. DeAndre Ayton is playing some of the best games we've seen from the young big man and Chris Paul fought off that bad shoulder injury from their first-round series and is playing like a man possessed, like a man who is going to do everything he can to get his team, whatever team that may be over the course of his career, finally to that next level, bring a team to the NBA Finals, and maybe even win himself a chip in this twilight year of his career. So despite the 4-0 sweep conclusion, that series in itself had all kinds of fascinating storylines. It was really a shame to see the way that Jokic's season ended. The MVP of the league getting ejected from a do-or-die game four, trying to keep his team alive on what would, at worst, I would call a flagrant one foul. Certainly not a flagrant two and automatic ejection. I've seen people on Twitter discussing that at nauseum over the last few days since that game four happened. Some saying it was right, it was a dirty play by Jokic. And just because he's the MVP of the league, just because of the context of the game that they were playing, whatever, whatever, deserves to be ejected. I could not disagree more. And plenty of NBA players who are out of the playoffs, sitting at home, watching these games, were speaking up and giving their opinions on Twitter, saying, give him a flagrant one, give, give the team their free throws, and let's move on. You don't eject the MVP of a league in the do-or-die game four for something like that absolute trash from the NBA officials who were the ones overseeing that game and it's a shame that Jokic's season ended like that but on the flip side all the credit in the world to Chris Paul for leading that team we saw him take that OKC team that everybody counted out before the season even started last year led them all the way to a very respectable seed in the Western Conference which is very hard to do took them to the playoffs he moves to Phoenix and does the exact same thing Obviously, plenty of credit has to go to Monty Williams, their young backcourt star and CP3's backcourt mate, Devin Booker, who is just playing lights out in these playoffs. But as much of a Chris Paul hater as I am, and if you all know me, you follow me on Twitter, you listen to this podcast and have for a long time, you know I hate Chris Paul for a lot of reasons. And I think most of them are warranted. A dirty player. A guy who whines and complains to the refs a lot. Yada yada. You cannot discount and discredit what he has done in this Phoenix Suns playoff run so far. Confidently and convincingly punching his team's ticket to the Western Conference Finals. And speaking of which, I promised it before, and there it is. Chris Paul is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for leading the Suns 4-0 sweep of Denver in the second round of these NBA playoffs. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game; It's the whole game. So hats off to Chris Paul. Probably going to wait until he has that Larry O'Brien trophy to crack his first Michelob Ultra in a while. But kudos to him. And while you are sitting at home enjoying these great NBA playoff matchups, crack yourself a Michelob Ultra. Again, just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. All right, y'all. Now, unfortunately, we have to talk about the not so fun part of the news from over the weekend. Kobe White suffers a significant shoulder injury to his left shoulder over the weekend while engaged in basketball activities away from the team. Playing a pickup game, I believe, is what was reported. And this is a report from NBC Sports Chicago. The update came with a reevaluation timeline, which means it should be noted not synonymous with return timeline of four months, meaning mid October. Training camp for the 21 22 season, the date is set. Training camp will begin September 28th. The regular season tips off October 9th. And that was reported by the Athletic NBA last Thursday. The surgery was to repair his left labrum, and carries a recovery timeline of four months on the front end to six months on the back end. So, that is devastating news. Absolutely devastating news. What does this mean for Kobe White and the Bulls? Well, Jordan and I were talking excitedly in a recent episode during the Bulls offseason about how we heard that Zach Levine had invited his young teammates, Kobe White and Patrick Williams, to join him for his off season summer workout on the West Coast, which Zach has been doing with his dad every year for forever. And we were excitedly talking about the ways in which Kobe, who is noted to be a gym rat, a guy who works tirelessly to improve his game, was going to focus on. What is he gonna come back to the next season with as a new element to his game, as an improved element? To his game. And now. That's gone. Just like that. An injury. Suffered during the offseason. That requires surgery. And a recovery timeline of. We'll see where we are in four months. So that is four months of. Offseason. Or at least the three months of the offseason. Where instead of working on his game. And improving his game. Kobe will be rehabbing. And that is something that is unfortunately not new to Bulls fans in recent years, where some of their young players have dealt with injuries, and instead of working on getting better and adding elements to their game in the offseason, they're rehabbing injuries. This is unfortunately very familiar situation that we find ourselves in. And Kobe White, up until this injury, one of the things that you could absolutely credit him for in the first two years of his NBA career is that the young man was incredibly durable. I believe he only missed three games between his rookie season and his second season. Three games, that's it. And now this will be the first significant injury that he will have to rehab and overcome in his NBA career. And that... A uh, specification between a recovery timeline and a reevaluation timeline is key, and it's also kind of scary when you think about it, because four months out means that at the earliest, if he is reevaluating four months, and that reevaluation is the surgery healed properly, your shoulder seems fine, you're good to go. He will still miss. Training camp. All of training camp. Training camp begins t- 28th of September. Regular season tips off October 19th. Four months from now would be mid October. So you're talking about, at best case scenario, Kobe coming into next season maybe a week or so late after the season's already begun, having missed all of an offseason to work on his game and have missed all of training camp. While Billy Donovan. And his staff might be implementing some new things, trying to build up some new chemistry for this team built around Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, but certainly also involving Kobe White. Very much so seemed to be in the team's plans moving forward. But now, that offseason working on his game time, that building new chemistry with his teammates during training camp time, is lost for Kobe. It's awful. It's devastating. And it puts Kobe and the Bulls in a really really tough spot. And that's the best-case scenario. If it is something closer to the 6 months to me- to make a full recovery from the shoulder injury and surgery, then you're talking about Kobe missing significant time, missing significant games at the start of the 21-22 season. Then you're talking about him not making a comeback until sometime in mid to late December, missing the first third of the season, and what what will that what kind of position will that put him in when he is finally ready to come back? How will he be reintegrated into Billy Donovan's rotation? How's that going to work? Will he feel Like he has to play catch-up on a team that was building chemistry while he was sitting on the bench in street clothes and feeling like he is behind. He is not involved. And now, I'm not suggesting by that that Donovan, his staff, and Kobe's teammates will essentially just, you know, shut him out and shun him while he's recovering from this injury. I am sure that they will keep him involved during timeouts During halftime, you know, locker room talks in games, assuming that Kobe will be there on game nights with his team and that he will be in the film room, he will be at practices, but it's not the same thing as playing. Simply stated, but true, it's not the same thing as playing, and there will be some kind of lag that Kobe has to deal with when he is finally lacing him up and ready to play. And you hope you hope, hope, hope that it's closer towards that four months than that six months. So that okay, yeah, you missed training camp and you you missed out on an off season to really just work on your game instead of rehabbing an injury. But you can still pretty much get in right when the season starts and say, okay, this is kind of a tough, you know, transition, a tough reintegration process and I got to spend the first 10 to 15 games of the season getting my legs back under me. But at least it's better than you're on the shelf till the season's already a third over with. That is not ideal. And your heart just aches for Kobe. I mean, young man who came into the NBA and the Bulls organization with nothing but positivity, a positive frame of mind. Uh, certainly was willing to be a team player throughout a lot of his rookie season when a lot of people were asking why isn't this rookie starting playing so well that it almost seemed at a certain point it made no sense that he wasn't yet starting. And then also this season, his second season, dealing with, yeah, he won that starting point guard job, but then at a certain point he lost it because he was really struggling. And the way that he responded to that, and the way that he handled that, can't give him enough credit, which is why you just hate to see things, these things happen, and you hate to see these kind of things happen to any professional athlete, but especially a young man like Kobe, who has proven to us in so many ways already, his work ethic and his character are things that Bulls fans and the organization should be happy to have and proud to have. So that's a real gut punch. And then the question, bigger picture, is does this affect Arturas Karnasjovas and Mark Everly's plans that they had maybe already started to put in place as far as who they were going to pursue to add to this roster? and especially in the backcourt because we know that point guard is a position that they were certainly going to address because it's and a position that they didn't address at the trade deadline. It's a position that they didn't address with their first draft pick. They went with Patrick Williams. So does this alter their their intensity and, and their aggr- level of aggression for finding the right point guard this offseason, whether it be Via trade or free agency? And maybe are there certain names that now are on the table that they might be considering more seriously because of this Kobe White injury? That's coming up. And we'll talk about some of those names in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions baseball seasons in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds and info from all for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL and even UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online or on your laptop or mobile device, check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as these NBA teams are Gearing up for the final stretch of these NBA playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. That's right, sign up for a BetOnline account and deposit 100 bucks. BetOnline is going to give you 50 more bucks to play with. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, that's promo code LOCKED ON. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, Mortal Royal, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Alright y'all, so we've talked a lot about this already this offseason as the Bulls look ahead to 21-22. How and where will they address this need for help at the point guard position? Credit to Kobe White for finishing his sophomore campaign strong, but I think it's clear to everyone, fans, the front office, Billy Donovan, that they could really use an upgrade at that position. And so we were thinking that before the Kobe White injury. And now, boy, has it come to the forefront of everybody's minds as we are contemplating playing the first third of next season without the services of one Kobe White. So there are options on the table for the Bulls, even just as far as free agents go, even if you're not talking about trades necessarily. And there are a lot of different layers and levels of the level of realistic option versus not so realistic option. In case you didn't see it, our guy Rob Schaefer, who does an amazing job at NBC Sports Chicago, put out a column just a couple days ago, breaking down the different tiers, as he called them, of options for point guards or combo guards that the Bulls could look at this offseason if they really wanted to guard themselves from the absence, a potential long absence of Kobe White. So, I think I don't really want to spend much time talking about the options that Rob referred to as the pie-in-the-sky options, and those are the aging star-superstar veterans who will be on the market or could be on the market this summer? Like the Kyle Lowrys, who was not traded by Toronto at the deadline, but certainly looks as if he is ready to finally move on from that franchise. Chris Paul, gee, you think he might want to stick around in Phoenix if they win it all this year? And them winning it all this year looks wonderfully possible. He's got a player option. Oh, and by the way, that player option, 44.2 mil. Might be a simple answer for CP3 to say, hey, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and take that 44 mil. I'll stick around here and let's defend that title. Let's run it back. And even if they don't win, but they get to the finals and get that close, might be a similar incentive for Paul to say, let's run it back. We could do this. And by the way, yeah, I'll pick up that 44 mil. And then the other name that I've heard a lot, and, and Shave includes it here too, and I know our, our dear pal Fred has been advocating for this guy, Mike Conley Jr., who's Utah Jazz, are currently fighting the Clips in their second-round series in the West. Unrestricted free agent in this upcoming season. Got to assume that he's looking for another big payday because at age 33, this might be the last big payday that he will get as a borderline not-quite-all-star who, to his credit, just made his first all-star appearance in his career, and some saying, eh, it was kind of like a, okay, well, for your entire career's work, here's one all-star nod for you. Either way, though, it's going to carry with it a pretty heavy price tag. So I don't think any of those are really realistic options when it comes to what the Bulls might look to do in the point guard situation this summer. Some other interesting names that Rob included in his column are old pal Derek Rose, um, who might want to just stick around in New York with his with his good buddy Tom Thibodeau, and see if they can redeem themselves from, despite getting the fourth seed in the East, which nobody saw coming, were bounced fairly decisively in the first round by Atlanta. Drogic is another interesting one to me, because I think if I'm Miami, I might see his team option at 19.5 mil as a sad but necessary casualty to free up space to make a much bigger move in free agency. You've got Jimmy. You've got Bam. And you had a pretty disappointing first-round exit this season after getting to the NBA Finals in the bubble last year. So with all of the big-name stars that are going to be looking to be on the move and looking for trades and those that are still going to be unrestricted free agents, maybe Pat Riley is saying, "Dragic, appreciate everything you've done, but we're we're going to need that 19 mil <laughs> to put towards another star to come play with Jimmy and Bam. So would the Bulls might be interested in Dragic if the Heat declined that option? And how much would Dragic command on the free agent market? I honestly, I've always liked Goran Dragic's game. And I think he could do some really helpful things. Another quality veteran to add to the mix. I would certainly say an upgrade from Tomas Sadaransky, who the Bulls could still bring back. Only a partial guarantee on his contract there. Dragic is an interesting one. So I will be keeping a close eye on what Miami does with him. I know some people have talked about TJ McConnell. I know Jordan and I talked about TJ McConnell a week or so ago. Great effort player. Great on the defensive end, which the Bulls could certainly use. Um, he's, he's, he's maybe an underrated playmaker on the offensive end. Um, and and. The thing is, with the way he played with the Pacers this season, is he going to be too expensive? Is he going to be a guy that that some team out there overreaches and overpays just because they need to add a body? So, I don't love the McConnell idea. Ish Smith? I wouldn't mind taking a look at Ish Smith. Maybe it's just because whoever he's playing for, he seems to be a Bulls killer his entire NBA career. But we will see, uh, you know, Lifelong NBA Journeyman, um, al- already on the other side of thirty. You could probably get him for pretty cheap. There's an option there. And then you get to the you know, the the most realistic options that the Bulls might be looking at. And that is, of course, Lonzo, and we know because the Bulls and the Pelicans talked about Lonzo in a trade at the deadline. Didn't get it done, but it was talked about. So do the Bulls think that that is the right guy, would there still be some window of a sign-in trade so that the Pelicans and Bulls could do some kind of Lonzo-Lowry swap? I know that's been on the table for a while now. I don't, if I'm the Pelicans, love Lowry. I don't see how he really helps us that much, so I don't know how realistic that is. But if the Pelicans just basically let Lonzo test the restrictive free agent Waters and he signed something that they don't want to match, are the Bulls the team to make him that offer? His playmaking and his defense certainly could provide the Bulls some things that they desperately need. Dennis Schroeder, I'm sorry, but no. Just no, 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 no. That dude turned down four years, $84 million, And, boy, the Lakers must be thanking their lucky stars every day that he did so. I mean, just looked like... basically useless in the Lakers' first-round playoff exit. So if he turned that down, he must at least know, to some degree, that he didn't prove an all-show-you kind of season to say that he was worth more than four years, 84. But he still might be looking for it. So... I don't think he's going to get that, and if he will settle when he realizes once he hits that market, oh, yeah, there aren't, there aren't teams lining up to pay me $80 million on a four-year deal, might he be okay with taking a much more modest contract, and might the Bulls be interested? I'll, I'll just say right now, I hope not. You know, Schroeder turned into a surprisingly nice young player, and... I, I can understand why the Lakers made that move. And I can understand why they offered him that extension, because even when he played well for them, oof. I, I don't I don't know. I just I would stay away as far away as I could from Dennis Schroeder. Brunson and Graham, Devontae Graham of Charlotte, and Brunson in Dallas. Two interesting names that likely similar to Dragic Miami will depend on What is that team's priority list this offseason? Because Charlotte has some players that they got to figure out what they're doing with. Um, I've always liked Graham. Solid player. um, But did not have the best season uh, this past season. Just shy of 50 points per game. Five assists, which is nice. But a god-awful 37.7% from the field. Did shoot 37% behind the three-point line, which is nice. But 37% from the field? Yeesh. So, with that, with what's going on with Malik Monk, I don't know. Just keep an eye on Graham and we'll see what happens there. And then same with Brunson, because it sounds like Dallas is trying to figure out a way to keep Tim Hardaway Jr. around. Brunson basically fell out of Rick Carlisle's rotation in their playoff series. So, Brunson might be a expendable, thanks-we'll-see-a-later kind of guy for Dallas this offseason, and he might be an affordable get for the Bulls. And the best for last, ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Dinwiddie. I obviously understand that there is the coming-off-an-injury red flag there. And as we are talking about the Bulls addressing the point guard situation, addressing their backcourt roster changes, and Colby White is dealing with an injury, I understand that. That some might say, stay away from a guy who's coming off of a partially torn ACL. I get it. And maybe if the Bulls do sign this guy, and it turns out that that ACL is still a problem, I will come to rue these words, but we, we saw Zach Levine come back from an ACL and turn himself into an all-star. And Spencer Dinwiddie just had a partially torn ACL. And he did so after having the best season of his career, where he was showing that he could be a multifaceted threat on the offensive end. And he's a dude who plays solid defense. So, player option, 12.3 million player option for next season, but maybe in pursuit of a little bit more of a long-term deal. Now that Gar and John are gone, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie isn't uh, quite so butthurt about <laughs> about the Bulls showing him the door even as well as he played for them. And granted, yes, played for them in the off season, Not real NBA games, but still he played darn well. I know the injury is scary. But Spencer Dinwiddie, before he got that injury, looked like a borderline all-star player capable of scoring 20 points on some nights capable of pouring in 30 plus a talented distributor a guy who can just put his head down and get to the rim and gee what was one of the Bulls biggest weaknesses this past season? getting to the free throw line you think a a healthy and revitalized and out to prove himself aggressive Spencer Didwitty might help bump the Bulls free throw attempt numbers a little bit I think so So look, there's a lot of names there. And the question will be, will this Kobe White injury impact how A.K. and Eversley approach this offseason and the backcourt roster scenario? How will it impact it? Will they be more willing to make a big swing instead of signing a complimentary piece, a supplemental piece, to go along with Kobe White, to challenge Kobe White for that starting role? we will see but in the meantime all you can do is shake your head and extend your best wishes to kobe white during his recovery process um again like i said earlier you just you hate to see it um uh, an, a really unfortunate thing that couldn't have happened to a better guy um which is which is a shame so all the best to kobe uh keep your chin up buddy um and uh We'll, we'll see where the Bulls go from here when it comes to this off season and the point guard spot. So, um, again, apologies for the uh, the wonky audio. If it sounds like I'm recording this from a log cabin in the middle of the woods, it's because I am. Uh, and you might get a couple of more of these this week um, as I continue uh, to enjoy my escape from Chicago. Uh, hopefully Jordan and I will be on the mics together at some point later on this week. Um, and hopefully we'll also get to some mailbags. So, again, 331-979-1369. If you've got any thoughts about this Kobe White injury news and what you think the Bulls should do to approach this situation, hit us up, whatever's on your mind, 331-979-1369. Thanks again to today's sponsors for the show, Michelob Ultra, shout-out CP3 for being our Player of the Week, (coughs) BetOnline, and RockAuto.com. For my partner, Jordan Malley, Matt Peck saying, thanks as always for listening, Bulls Nation. Have a great rest of your day. We will be back very soon with another episode. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. He's at Jordan C. Malley. We are at Locked on Bulls. See Red. Be good. Peace out.
0: Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.